Hello, and a very good day to you. My name is Jim Harris, and this is Heritage Bible Radio. Heritage Bible Radio is an extension of Heritage Bible Church in Boise, where it's my joy to serve as the teaching pastor. Every day, we devote our radio time to studying a portion of the Word of God so you can know Him better through Jesus Christ and serve Him better through your local church. This week on Heritage Bible Radio, we continue our study of Ephesians with chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, which reads, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. But sexual immorality and all impurity or covetousness must not even be named among you, as is proper among saints. Let there be no filthiness or foolish talk, nor crude joking, which are out of place, but instead let there be thanksgiving. For you may be sure of this, that everyone who is sexually immoral or impure, or who is covetous, that is, an idolater, has no inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. Let no one deceive you with empty words. For because of these things, the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience. Please listen to Pastor Harris as he faithfully teaches this passage in today's portion of this week's message entitled, Walk Like This. Well, the word translated love is um, the familiar word that you've heard a lot of times if you if you've been around Christian teaching, it's spelled just like the word agape, as in your jaw drops and you're staring at something, but you've got to be cool and pronounce it Greekish, agape, that's the word. There are actually four words in the Greek language, ancient Greek language, that describe various shades of the meaning of love. There's one for like familial love, like blood is thicker than water. There's one for uh, physical love, uh, eros, the erotic kind of love. But there's two, of, two words, neither of those two, but there are two that are used in the New Testament. And uh, they both describe shades of the meaning of our English word love. The first one is philos, or the verb phileo. That's the kind of love that involves strong feelings of mutual care and connection between people. Used that way, for example, in the, the city in America that has the best Greek name, Philadelphia. From philos, love, and adolphos, brother. It's the city of brotherly love, where you're, you're connected with each other. This is a wonderful kind of love. This is a human kind of love. This is, this is part of what makes the, 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 the fellowship of the saints such a special thing, where we're, we're caring for each other, with which we're personally involved. We, we, we have mutual feelings, and we have positive responses, and we, and we interact in ways that build each other up. That's philos, and it's a good thing. But the word agape is the kind of love that goes to a different level. This is best described by self-sacrifice for someone else's benefit. In all the uses of this word in the New Testament, it's always a matter of sacrifice for someone else's benefit. 
That's why in the archaic Elizabethan English, uh, in um, 1 Corinthians 13 especially, they translated this word not as love like they did most of the time. They translated it as charity. Because what is charity? Charity is you giving what you have for someone who doesn't have it. It's actually a, a good a good sense of the word, but it's got a lot more uh, implication than just that. The basis of this kind of love is that you value the object of the love. This kind of love doesn't care what's in it for the lover. It does what it does because it values other people. This love can be with or without positive feelings for another person. This can even be done in spite of negative feelings for the other person, as in, love your enemy. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, for a long time, we had a neighbor on one side that was really easy to love, and a neighbor on the other side that was really not easy to love. And it didn't say, love your northern neighbor as yourself and your southern neighbor. No. Love your enemies. And pray for those who persecute you. That's this kind of love. It doesn't depend on feelings. It's a matter of actions. Since I love God, and God has declared the value of every single human being, all created in His image, that's all the motivation I need to love people with agape love. That famous description of this in the so-called love chapter, 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I might quibble whether that's the best chapter to call the love chapter, but it does contain the most thorough description of this love is 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 7. You may have it memorized. Love is patient, love is kind, it goes on and on and on. The interesting thing is that that passage, which describes agape love in about seven different ways... It's significant that every description of love in that passage, whether or not you can tell it in English, every description of love is a verb. That's because this kind of love can only be described by action words, serving the best interest of someone else. Agape is doing what is best for someone else regardless of the cost to yourself, regardless of your feelings, and without concern over whether what you do will be noticed or appreciated or reciprocated. The kind of love that we're called to practice involves things like speaking truth, meeting needs, forgiving, watching your tongue, building up the other person. And notice that right here in verse 2, when he says, walk in love, the description of love that He gives is voluntary sacrifice. As uh, Christ also loved you and gave Himself up for us. And it was an offering. It was a, a sacrifice to God. And would you notice also that Paul convoluted um, first and second person here as he loved you, second person, and gave Himself for us, first person, plural. He wanted to make sure that He included Himself in there. I don't think Paul ever got over the fact how he just marveled that Jesus died for a murdering, blasphemous Christian killer. 
like him. He loved you, gave himself up for all of us. And would you notice that that offering, that sacrifice is described as a fragrant aroma. That's a phrase that's used. It's a, it's a metaphor. It's used in the Bible to describe God's pleasure, His acceptance of a sacrifice. If you want to be a fragrant aroma to God, walk in love. In so doing, you will be imitating God. You go out and you walk in love, and God can look down at you and smile and, oh, I like that. You ever thought about that? You can be a fragrant aroma in the nostrils of God. Now, does God have nostrils? How big are they? Those are all word pictures. What to imitate? The sacrificial love of Christ. Love is a verb in that sense. It has to be described in action words. Now, what not to imitate? And here comes a quick uh, synopsis. And when I typed the word synopsis, I thought, you know what? We could misspell that and make it an S-I-N. O-P-S-I-S, because that's a description of what's in the next four verses, a synopsis, a, synopsis of, a synopsis of sinful things. Christ even died for our tongues, okay? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 3, but, okay, stop right there. I told you what to imitate. Here comes the other side, what not to imitate. But immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be named among you as is proper among saints. Immorality is the translation of that word porneia. It's the word that's used for uh, illicit sexual activity of any kind. In other words, any kind of sexual activity or desire or intent other than between a husband and a wife within the covenant of marriage. That's this word. Ephesus, to whom Paul wrote this letter, Ephesus in the first century was very similar to our culture today in this sense. All sorts of extramarital sex was rampant. It was widely accepted. It was not considered shocking. Satan pulled off one of his great coups in the, in the temple to Artemis or, or Diana. He didn't figure out how to, wake, how to make sex with a prostitute, prostitute into worship, or so they said. Well, the new man lives by a completely different standard for the use of our bodies. Don't let immorality be named among you. Or impurity. Immorality is specifically talking about uh, sexual things. Impurity has a broader meaning. It means the deeds, the words, the thoughts, the intentions of the heart, the desires, the passions. And when you put it in juxtaposition with, with immorality, it makes a strong point. If you're saying, well, you shouldn't have sex with anybody you're not married to, then he says also, uh, don't do the things that lead up to that. Don't rationalize behavior that's short of the physical act. So Paul adds, avoid any impurity. Like Jesus said in the Sermon on the Mount, that to look upon someone with the intent of adultery. 
That's essentially the same as committing the act. The only difference is in the, the matter of degree. If you would like this message on Compact Disc, let me know and we'll send it to you. You'll receive the entire message, not just the portion on today's program. You can order by phone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704 or on the internet at hbc-boise.org. Heritage Bible Radio needs your prayers and your financial support. Once again, you can reach us online at hbc-boise.org or by telephone at 353-4036 or by writing to us at 7071 West Emerald, Boise, Idaho, 83704. And if you need a church home here in the Treasure Valley, I hope you'll visit us any Sunday at 7071 West Emerald. For Heritage Bible Radio, I'm Jim Harris. See you next time. Bye-bye.